Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Winnie Pooh, and this is episode 302. I am not joined today by my co-host, Prez, who is doing things uh, that are much more important than uh, podcasting about basketball, although ball is life, so who can say for sure. Uh, but I am joined by a longtime guest of the pod. You know him as at FrankBarrett119 on Twitter. His real name is Jeffrey Rasmussen. The poker extraordinaire Jeffrey, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing, I'm doing good. Uh, just thanks again for having me on. Excited to talk some mix with you. Yeah, uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, before we get started, I do have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has an Instagram. Check that out. That is at the Strick.land on IG. Uh, we are posting all kinds of new content on there, so check that out. The Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast. If you are and you haven't already done so, please hit like and then subscribe to the channel. That would be a huge help to us. The Strickland also has merchandise. Jeff is wearing some of it. He's kindly modeling it for us today. Uh, but we also have more merch on there. All kinds of t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, even coffee mugs and water bottles. You want it, we got it. Uh, check it out. You can access that on our website. And then finally, the Strickland has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There is a six-star tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this podcast that I host every Friday with Prez, except when he ghosts me. Uh, you also get access to the Strickland mailbag hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. The Doug Bag, alongside Dallas Miko. That comes out every other week. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There is a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod where I rant and rave about the mix even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like listening on our pod recordings, merchandise discounts, even potentially co-host a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not. None of this would be possible without you. So... Without further ado, uh, we are going to get started, but actually, a little bit further ado, I do have to mention that Bet Online is your number one resource for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest match reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, golf to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games, available to, play, available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, so head to the website or use your mobile device to join, and be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts, and we are now going to start the podcast uh, officially. Not the Not the capitalist ad reads that I have to do. Um, but uh, I wanted I wanted to start with this because there's like a lot of, you know, I don't know why there's a lot of people like very angsty about the off season, which generally I understand like 
you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. All we have are various reports to react to. Just feels very odd the amount of negative negativity I've seen about this team and this offseason and where everything is positioned. But nonetheless, um, I wanted to bring this up. All right. So here are these are the players that made the all NBA teams this year. Okay. And I want you to answer which ones you would unequivocally take as your number one offensive option over Jalen Brunson. All right, we're good? Yeah, we are. Can we uh can we add the add a caveat? Like is this specifically in the Tib system or just in a vacuum? Your system. What you however you would play. Okay. All right. Giannis. Yes. This is like, like as a player or as an as a number one offensive yes, option. I t- um Yeah, I, I would still take Giannis. Okay. Yeah. Tatum. Yes. Embiid. Yes. SGA. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yes, I'd take SGA. Okay, that's, that's the first one I'm going to say no on. I'm also, okay. I'll I'll put the uh, with Embiid. I think it's a coin toss, and yeah, and I think with Tatum, I would I'll give it to Tatum. But there's an interesting discussion to be had there, which we can get to a little bit later. Um, well, but we're just talking about offense, right? Like yeah. We're not talking about overall yeah, just players. just offense. Okay. Because if we're, if we're doing um, overall, can I just if we're doing overall players like those first three? Obviously, yes, over right. Answer. Can can I just say about Embiid and Giannis what I find about them that makes them so interesting and like tantalizing as a Knicks fan when we hear about oh like who are the players we should go all in for? Having Brunson already established on the team, if you were to just like draw a player, like who is the perfect fit for Jalen Brunson, you would draw a big man who doesn't who can do more than the the, the center we have now, and whose only weakness is okay, we're at the finish line, somebody take us home. Like, Brunson and Embiid or Giannis is, like, actually the perfect two-man pairing in today's game because even though, especially in Tibbs' system, they would sort of work independently of one another, they would still find a way to maximize each other's skill sets, if that makes sense. Like, Brunson could still do Brunson stuff, and Embiid or Giannis could still do Embiid, Embiid or Giannis stuff. And because of the system the tim system that isn't going away i'm not sure there's any other stars that could do that like i i don't i don't know if anybody else could do that near to that degree so i, I find that really interesting and yeah um yeah yeah no no i totally agree um yeah so i i agree tim system is weird but i i still think like i and this is not to pretend that like systems matter but i do think like at a certain caliber of player regardless of system you should have a baseline of just like it doesn't fucking matter um which like to brunson's credit i and this is why i want to do this because i feel like as i'm watching the playoffs unfold i'm like is he like a top 10 offensive player is he like a top five offensive player i don't know what the hell i'm watching um all right so okay, so we did SGA. You said yes. I said no. Uh, Luca. Yes, but 
I just, I don't know what the ceiling is for how he plays basketball. That's a totally different discussion. I'm just going to say yes, but I, I don't feel great about He it shouldn't have I been just, first team on NBA. That's all I'm going to say about that. He definitely, he definitely shouldn't. Have that been. was like an but embarrassing like, vote. There's a bit, there's a bigger problem here that as the league gets deeper and as the league gets smarter, like LeBron, like like LeBron would have had to figure it out sooner than he had to if his career started later. His whole style of basketball, basically, the league figured figured out the style. Obviously, they didn't figure out LeBron, but because he's superhuman, but. I don't know how repeatable what he's doing, what he did is from a team success standpoint. And I think we're seeing that with Luca because look at Luca's, you know, the, the non-team based individual stats, they still pop, you know, like if you look at all the, the box score metrics, you know, it still says, Oh, Luca had a really great season, but it's like, you just can't have a Helio player to a heliocentric player to that degree it it just suppresses teammates the talent pool is too wide and I just I I think Luke is gonna have to figure some stuff out the way LeBron did in Miami if he's gonna get back to the team success levels he was at in 2022 and I and I view that as sort of a Cinderella run like I don't even see that as sustainable he I think he really has to figure some stuff out on the offense yeah and and I think um you know, again, the margin for him is not even as high as it was for LeBron because he's just nowhere near the defender LeBron is. Um, okay. Nor the athlete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or just dead generally being in physical condition. Um, right. But I'm happy that he posted a video of him running a fucking staircase this summer. Congratulations. <laughs> um, second team. All right, here we go. Butler. No. I agree. Again, just to make sure everybody understands, this is just offense. This is not all around just can you be the best offensive player on a, on a contending team. Okay, <laughs> this one. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. I think I'd take Brunson. I, I think I think I'd take Brunson over Butler in general. But oh, that's just ooh, me. ooh. All right, we'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. Um, I know Butler. I'm, I'm I'm just not nearly as high on him as you are. Yeah. Great, great, great run. No, I I mean I think it's I think Brunson is putting himself in a conversation again this is why i wanted to do this because i think the conversation is really interesting um okay <laughs> this one i'm i'm already marking you down as as no uh jalen brown yeah no <laughs> <laughs> okay. i do i do like jalen brown more than the average person i'd say i think he's getting a lot of a lot more flack uh and that that uh that ball handling video that uh, Ace Zulo put out, where like he was stripped was so going funny. left eight times or whatever, that was that's no good. But I, I do think there, I do think he has another leap uh, available to him. Jokic, yes, okay. Uh, Spider, no, Ooh, same. Um... <laughs> Steph. I should think about that more. I'm sorry. I, I, I yes, Steph. I, <laughs> no, Mitchell, Mitchell's not. closer. <laughs> Mitchell's closer to a yes. I shouldn't have been as dismissive. Uh, I'm pretty. He was really good. He was really he, good. He was really good. This I'm season. pretty dismissive of it because I think his spacing sucked. If you give Jalen Brown that, or Jalen Brunson that exact spacing, he has a better offensive series than Mitchell. Mitchell's in between game. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't go to it like. I think he's been. Uh, what do you call it? Like he's been worry ball pilled too much. Because he like, I, it feels like when I watch him, he's consciously aware of what are like high EV shots. 
And and if you want, I don't know what he shot from mid range against us in that series. I would imagine it was very good because it felt like he when he got into the mid range and pulled the trigger from there, he got to his spots and was getting clean looks and was hitting at a high clip. He just didn't do it enough, and I think he's been you know Maury ball pilled where it's like no 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 you gotta like you know you gotta get into that fucking you gotta take threes or you gotta get to the rim and I, I don't know when I watched that series I was like I think Brunson does a lot more with this team than you do and now I mean you know, can Brunson play with Garland? And that's its own separate conversation. But when we're just talking about offense, I think Brunson's proven now over two playoff runs here that like, man, and he's never, he didn't have the spacing this year that Mitchell had in fucking Utah. And his playoff run this year stacks up against any that Mitchell had, to my in my opinion. So um, I feel very good about putting yeah. Brunson over him. Okay. <laughs> Third team. Let's- it's basically just like Kraft versus... Um, like Brunson obviously has the craft, he's got the footwork, he's got the mid-range game, but then Mitchell gets the rim better and he shoots better at pull-up threes. It's, um, and I think they're pretty similar as passers, weirdly enough, but I think you could argue that Brunson is more suppressed by system. Like maybe we'd be higher on him as a passer, as a passer. Maybe as a pastor too, who knows? Yeah, as a, as a pastor too, (laughs) as a pastor, if, uh, he was incentivized and, and pushed to pass more and he was in running more creative sets, so I'm not really sure, but I don't I don't think we saw that much in Dallas either, but then again, obviously, he was playing with Luka, so he was more of a secondary creator. So, yeah, I, I, th- I think Brunson's small edge, but it's close. Yep. Okay. Um, third team. Randall. Yes. <laughs> you mean no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean no. Yeah, yeah. Wait. I mean, I mean, I'd take Brunson over Randall. Right. So Randall is a no. Right. Brunson, yeah, okay. Um, in retrospect, we probably should have done this the opposite way. Whatever. Um, LeBron. <laughs> LeBron in twenty. I know. I yes. think this is. Okay. I. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say no. But I don't feel great about this. I like. I I honestly just don't know how to judge LeBron in twenty twenty three at this point. It's just really weird. Um. So yeah, I mean, he did just have forty ten and nine on one foot, like <laughs> on like eighty percent or whatever his last game. Yeah, was. I mean, like, he was really good. Was... I just, I don't know. I, I still, when I watch him, I'm like, it just feels like he's so dependent now on getting downhill, and like, I mean, he's always been a downhill player, which is fine, but I, I don't know. I, it feels like when you don't have, he, I, it, it really feels like he needs pristine spacing at this point to be optimized, and I just don't know what to do with that. Like, if you gave him. If you give him the Celtic spacing, I, I I don't know. He might like just still like he might average like thirty five, ten and ten or something. But that's just not like it's not a realistic scenario to to expect that. Um, so I don't know. It's he like you said. If you put him, you know, you t- you said yes. I said no. I don't really. I'm sure you would be the majority of people, which is fine. Um, it's just a very. It's again. He just breaks my mind in 2023. Like I don't really know where to rank him in anything um so yeah i mean if you put him if like just instead of replacing him with brunson imagine you put him in randall's spot right um and so the the next starting lineup is brunson grimes rj lebron no no it'd be brunson it'd be brunson rj hart um lebron oh See, see, what's funny about that is LeBron would scrap that in two seconds, and Tibbs couldn't say no. Like Tibbs would be like, "But I like Josh Hart. He rebounds." Yeah. And You're like, do you like LeBron your job? Like, yeah, <laughs> LeBron would be like, "Fuck out of here." Yeah. Um, I think that first of all, I think they'd play off each other really well. 
I think LeBron is a much more willing screener than he's ever been in. Like we saw him running freaking pick and rolls with Austin Reeves and like trying to. So I think that I just think the offense would still naturally find its way to flow around LeBron and it would be more Brunson benefiting from LeBron than vice versa. And I don't know how to make my argument better than that. I just, I just think that even at 38 years old, he's still that powerful of a force and it helps that he's just bigger. Like I I know that's boring analysis, but like, it's just really hard for Jalen Brunson to be a more valuable offensive player than LeBron James, even as good as he is. So yeah, I, I think it's LeBron and, I think it's less close than Jalen and Mitchell. Like I would go like LeBron, Jalen, Mitchell right below. But I think the gap between, yeah, I think the gap between LeBron and Jalen is bigger than Jalen and Mitchell. Gotcha. Uh, all right, sorry. Uh, Sabonis. That's so weird because he needs, like, such a specific system. I'd take Jalen, especially because of, like, the late game stuff. And, like, it's just so hard to tell how much Fox had to do with that and how much Sabonis. Like, I know Sabonis is, like, the heart of that offense, but he still needs a Brunson or a Fox player to do to run those sets with. Like, I know he had a bunch of cool guys like Herter and uh, Barnes who were, and Keegan Murray who were willing to do the handoff and willing to shoot threes at a crazy clip. But you still need a guy to like start it and to to get those buckets. That's that's really hard. That's that's just a really really hard one. Um, because to play devil's advocate with the point I was just making, I just listed a bunch of guys. Like there's a bunch of guys who could fill the fox role. In theory, there aren't really many guys who could do what Sabonis is doing. So which is more replaceable? I, I that's really hard. I'd t- I'm going to take Brunson. I'm a bit of a homer. I wouldn't fault anyone for just wanting to start with Sabonis and being like, I'll find my Brunson, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I, I personally think it's pretty clearly Brunson. Sabonis hasn't, I mean, his playoff performance this year was pretty bad. I know they were playing the Warriors and Draymond's a weird matchup and whatever, but um, I don't even think it's close. You know, I think Fox was clearly the engine. Uh, I think that was revealed in the playoffs that Fox is the guy that. When they're struggling, who are you going to to get a rhythm? It's Fox. Um, yeah, uh, can I can I just push back on that for a second? I, I'm not. I don't want to underrate like Shaq here, but I would argue that Shaq was the engine. I, I I wouldn't argue. I know Shaq was the engine of the 2009, the 99 to 2004 Lakers, but I'd also argue that like when things got tough, it was Kobe who got went and got a bucket. You know, like whether it was because Shaq was afraid of being fouled. But if somebody looked at me and said they would take 99 to 2004 Kobe over 99 to 2004 Shaq, even just on offense, I would say they were laughably wrong. Like, not even close. Like, just laughably wrong. Um, so I do think it has to be a little bit more nuanced than that. And again, I'm not comparing Sabonis to Shaq. I'm not comparing Fox to Kobe. I, I just think it's kind of – there's there are some parallels there in the sense of, yes, I agree that Fox is the guy who goes and gets the big buckets and Fox is the starter of the engine. But what Sabonis does is just so unique. Like, I, I do think there there has to be something there. Yeah, um, I would say that, like, the difference being in your baseline over the non-crunch time, non-struggle bus minutes are way higher than Sabonis. That's fine. But, like, 
I don't know. He, he to me, I just I'm sorry. Like I think he's kind of like a regular season merchant. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, I think he's a little. There's some Randall stuff with him. I'll put it that way. Um, okay. Uh, De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> he was so good this year, and he was so good in the playoffs. Um. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just going to take Brunson again. I'm going to be a homer. That's really close, too. Man, the Kings are good. They have the greatest offense of all yeah. time. Like, <laughs> that's that shouldn't be. Yeah. I, I'm going to I'm gonna take Brunson just because I've seen it deeper into the playoffs in different settings. So I'm just going to trust that more. Um, Fox is really good. And also, like, I know Fox shot the three well this year. I want to see that for another year. Um, that's always been I do up too. and down for it him, was So. It was jarring to watch because me and Pre- me and Prez got into it on Twitter. Uh, I guess it was during 2021, 2022. Was, was that the year Fox was available or was it the year before? Uh, Not it was last, last year. Were, last year. Okay. And I was just like, you're never going to be able to build a great offense <laughs> or a great team around a guy, around a small guard who can't shoot. That was basically the logic that I used. And like, I was like, yeah, I get, he has popping athleticism. I get, he's elite at getting to the rim. I get it. But eventually teams figure out how to stay in front of a guy and how to wall him from the basket. And you have to be able to make a shot. And Prez is just like, he'll figure it out. The free throw percentage, yada, yada. And like, Prez is really smart. So I was like, okay, like I, I, I disagreed. And I, I was vehement in my disagreement. But this season, I, I'm always open to being wrong. So I was like, all right, we're going to watch Fox more. I swear to God, he never missed a shot when I watched the Kings. Like, he was just making everything. And it's going to come back down to earth. But it can, too. Like, he doesn't have to shoot this ridiculous a level to still be a great offensive player. He, he can't. There is some regression in there, acceptable regression in there, where he could maintain his value. So I'm excited to see it next season. Word. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think Fox very interesting to see how he goes on next year. Uh, Damian Lillard. This one's very tough. I said maybe. This is this, I put him in the Embiid one where I'm like, uh, maybe? I, I, You know, now that I think about it more, I feel like Brunson, like, if you're just talking about offense, like, uh, yeah, I, I'm just gonna, he's better than Embiid. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that a, a, a vote in favor of Brunson. I'm gonna put LeBron as a, so, a maybe. So, so, so you... So you uh, you probably weren't for Embiid's MVP then. His defense wasn't good at all this year. Like people, like I was for it, but I was for it because I was just like, I'm not, I'm not really interested in giving anybody three straight MVPs, um, unless like, like if I'll put it this way, I know it's a regular season award, I get it, but the historical criteria for that award has been so fucking crazy. That I find it, it was it was very annoying to me that it was just like, oh, like now that we have this amazing, truly amazing, like not saying this facetiously at all. Now that there's just like an amazing white player, we can now get over the fact that you know we shouldn't be holding postseason, you know, second round flameouts against these guys and awards voting years moving forward. Like I, I'm just like, if if we if I'll put it this way, now that we like got this out of the way. I'm ready to give the the whole, the, you know. I'm ready to to apply that standard now, moving forward. Like we're good, you know. Jokic can win the next five straight MVPs, as far as I'm concerned. I'm good with that. But for this season, I was against it, and I and I do I did think 
I thought the year before Joel and like I thought Joel really did deserve it that year. Um, like, and I I say that without suggesting Jokic didn't deserve his second MVP. I thought he was. I mean, I think I tweeted after the award was announced that like I would have gone with Embiid, but I have zero issue with Jokic winning because Jokic was totally deserving too. Um, but I thought Joel Just, led them at a point early in that season when like they were like seven and eight or something like that to start the year. They had the whole Ben Simmons thing going on. And I just felt like that was a team and a season that was, you know, doc was doc. Like it was a team and a season that could have gone very, very like spiral downward. And I thought Joel lifted them at a point that like, it just needed to happen. And I just, I was very impressed with that. I know that, Jokic, obviously they had a ton of injuries and I get all that. Um, I just would have gone Joel the year before, not just me. Yeah, I, I agree. Embiid was closer to deserving MVP last season than this season. I'm curious though, um, besides Jordan and LeBron, who is anybody in NBA history who you think could have won Steph. three straight MVPs? That Steph in 2016-2017? Yeah. I mean, he's still the best player in the league at that point, in my opinion. Um, like I feel like if well, you, first of all, I, I, first of all, I would argue Steph was. I mean, he was the best regular season player in the league. But I would well, argue, I mean, that's the award, though, right? Ever been yeah, yeah, no, it is. But um, I, I, I do think that that similar to the LeBron 2011 season had extenuating circumstances because they introduced KD, right? But and but, all of a sudden, but like, like that's my like. It's just weird to me that okay, so we're gonna punish like. Okay, LeBron can't win a third straight because he went to Miami and he played with Wade and fucking Bosh. And mm-hmm. Steph can't win a third because he played with KD. Um, but then it was like used against Joel last year where it was like, oh, well, they got Harden. So now Joel can't win MVP. And it's like, I, I don't understand any of that shit. Um, like, but like, oh, but Jokic this year, they get Murray and Porter Jr. back. And it's like, I, I don't know. Again, my, my point is, like, I just don't like the argument of, like I think Rose actually deserved the MVP of the year he won because he was the like their offense was him like we it was Tips we know what the mm-hmm. offense was the offense was Derrick Rose yeah. go do shit and and this is back in like you know look at the look at the front court their front court was fucking Boozer and Noah and they had Keith Bogans in the starting lineup <laughs> if you talk about like like this is why the Morant stuff always always like oh he's he's better than Rose ever was look at the numbers and it's like just. Don't fucking talk to me. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about if you think that. The spacing, like, bad spacing in 2023 is, like, think about our spacing, which we're like, oh, it's not good. Like, it could be so much better. And compare that to, like, that fucking Bulls team. It's heaven. Like, our spacing compared to that Bulls team is, like, heaven. Um, like, I will say, I just, I just want to say, if you go back and watch those Bulls highlights, you, you will be... It is, I'm going to use this word again, it is sort of jarring how much uh, less intelligent the defenses are, how far defenses have come, because me and you would sit there and watch the tape and be like, why the hell are they sticking to Keith Bogans like that? Like, like obviously, from a structure standpoint, it's like, oh, he must not have had space. And he didn't have great space. I'm not not pushing back against that. But I would argue that he had better space than the roster dictated or the roster indicated that he would have, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's like it's so like it's I, the stuff I, that like you see that more in the regular season now. Like if he had that roster in yeah. the regular season now, his spacing would be compromised way more. Um, like 
in the playoffs, like you could see that in the playoffs, the teams would be like, okay, now we're going to treat Keith Bogans like Keith Bogans. Like Keith Bogans actually doesn't matter. So now we're going to treat it. But like, it was, you wouldn't, you know, RJ Barrett isn't a great shooter. He still gets honored to a certain degree in the regular season. Like, yeah, he's not, he doesn't get traded like Alfred. Yeah, it's, it's not the same thing. And so, like, but even in the regular season now, you compare him to like, like if he was, if he was Keith Bogans, they literally wouldn't defend him out there. You know, like they wouldn't even bother with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, look. Anyway, bring this back. I don't even know how we got here. I, I just, I just want to say also about the Rose MVP. I, I don't. I think Dwight should have won that year. Yeah, that's uh, that's the other but, guy that should have won. Yeah, but um, I think something that the super analytical people miss is a point that you brought up, which is a really good point. They look at the 2001 MVP, the Iverson MVP, which Shaq should have won, but still Iverson had a great season. They look at Iverson's season. They're like, oh, look at his efficiency. And more importantly, look at the team offense. It's sort of similar to the points you were making about Mikal Bridges, but obviously Mikal Bridges isn't anywhere near this level of player. But my point is they'll say, look at the off, look at the team offense and look at the team defense. This team, these teams weren't great because of the offense, they were great because of the defense. And what the analytical guys miss about that, and I think it needs to be remembered, is the only reason these teams were able to play all these great defenders and enable all these great defenders to focus solely on defense is because they had a single offensive engine that could drive them to league average offense. And that is why Rose and Iverson were so valuable and why their teams were able to have great defenses. Like, you can't just look at their stats in a vacuum. You have to look at what what they were able how they were able to elevate their teammates and both i mean th- there's a reason both teams you know one i mean the bulls won over 60 games i think the sixers almost won 60 games and yes they had great defenses but like don't be mistaken it, they, it's not like anybody could have filled in and like oh they had a great defense so they would have won 60 games regardless no you needed that driving force offensively to keep them above water on that end so the defense could be great um no, no, I I totally agree, and it's like you need to, um, you know, you need to basically like. There's a value in just it's kind of like the Randall thing, right? Like when Randall was really good in 2020, 2021, but our offense was like 23rd in the league. It didn't really matter because you're like, well, without him, our offense might be like fucking bottom of the barrel, like never get a bucket type of thing. Um, all right, yeah, but we never answered this. Lillard, Damian Lillard. I'd say Dame. Okay. I would take him, but it's close. Yeah, all right. I'm going to say, um, I guess I think it's a toss up, so I just said maybe. Uh, all right. So here's the finalist. We both said uh, we'd take Giannis as a number one offensive option again to, to frame the context, number one offensive option only. That's it. That's the only context here. Giannis, we both said yes. Embiid, I said no, you said yes. Uh, Tatum, both said yes. SGA, I said no, you said yes. Luca, both said yes. Butler, both said no. Brown, both said no. Jokic, both said yes. Spida, both said no. Steph, both said yes. Randall, both said no. LeBron, I said maybe, you said yes. Sabonis, both said no. Fox, both said no. Lillard, I said maybe, you said yes. Um... Apparently, I think more of Jalen Brunson than you do by a very slight margin. Um, but <laughs> you're you're a better Knicks fan than I am, Schwinn. I know. Um, but like, so this is 
So just if we use your list, okay, you basically took one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys that made the all NBA teams over Jalen Brunson offensively. I took one, two, three, four, five, and then oh sorry, one, two, three, four, five, and then I had uh one, two, three maybes, I believe. No, I had two maybes. So I I so I ha- I have Jalen Brunson as the sixth best offensive player, uh apparently in among the all NBA selections anyway, and you had him as the tenth best among all NBA selections. So my question to you and why I wanted to do this is this. There's all this talk about like, oh, the Knicks need to get a true star. They need to get this. That, like, is Jalen Brunson a true star? Like, is he just is he good enough to be the guy that you commit all your resources to maximizing, optimizing, putting the right pieces around? Is he the 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 center of the Knicks' solar system? And should he be? 